it's your girl Grace Oben. Welcome to Magnetize. Are you a dream builder? We are here to help you embark on your life-changing journey. Remember, whatever your mind can conceive, you have the power to achieve. Are you ready to make your dream a reality? Let's do it! Hello, 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 beautiful people. Welcome back to Magnetize. It's your girl, Grace Oven. And I have today the most amazing guest you can ever, ever imagine. And that is Dr. Yvonne Kangong. So um, Dr. Yvonne Kangong is a board-certified family and obesity medicine doctor, clinical lecturer with the University of Calgary Medical School. She is the CEO of Breakers Health, a medical weight management con consultancy and public speaking company, co-author KFS Rex Meals, Diabetic and Weight Loss Friendly Meals and Spices, co-author of a best-selling anthology, The Warrior Women Project, a sisterhood of immigrant women and author of What's Obesity Got to Do With It. She received a teaching award in 2019 and an award from the Alberta Legislative Assembly for Community Service in 2020. So help me welcome Dr. Yvonne Kangon. Dr. Yvonne, thank you so much for being here. I know you are so busy. I know your schedule. <laughs> so I am really honored to have you here today as my guest at Magnetized Podcast. And I am really Really honored to have you here. So, how are you doing? I'm doing great. My, my, I'm very excited. My honor to be here today. Thank you so much, Grace, for having me. I'm looking forward awesome. to this exciting conversation. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, Dr. Yvonne, when I was reading your bio, you know, there are all these achievements, these accolades. However, we know, we know that these things don't just come like that all this achievement, medical direct, all of these things, they don't just happen. There are, there are, there are, there, there have been, you've gone through some, some winter seasons mm -hmm. in life yes. in the process yes. of becoming all of this that you've become. So would you like to share to us an experience, a kind of, as I'll call it, a time in your life that was a winter where you went through a really major life crisis and, 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 can you just talk to us about it? And what was that? Thank you, Grace. So my winter season, oh, wow. It's winter in Calgary, and I really don't like winter. And I don't think anybody likes winter in their life, which is the downside of life. But that's part of life. You have the ups and you have the downs, and you have to learn to be resilient with that. So my season was I arrived in Canada as an international trained doctor, and you know, I didn't have my immigration papers, but finally I got my immigration papers and decided to take the exam. But guess what? I failed the first time. So that was the lowest point in my career where I was like, okay, I went to med school. I did very well in my classes and everything. And now I'm taking this exam that I know I'm supposed to know, but then I failed it. Two thoughts came to my mind. 
abandon everything. After all, your mom, you can take care of your kids and your wife, you can hang, take care of your husband and family. But then my husband looked at me and said, you haven't come this far to abandon it right now. You got to mm. keep going. And oh, was I ever upset with that quiz, with that mm. talk. I was like, really? I just want to be home and take care of my kids. Nothing wrong with that too. You know, it's an amazing career. It's, um, it's very amazing to be there for your children. I had the time that I spent with them at home. I don't regret it till today. But then there was something more. I had gone to school. I've gone to that level. I've gotten to that level. And why give up? So I picked up the pieces. Now I had to change my strategy. Because when something doesn't work, you have to sit back and think and say, so what really went wrong? Was it that I didn't put enough time to study? Was it that I didn't have enough support? Was it that I was very stressed out and I didn't create that time to rest in between the studying? And so I looked around town and I found some study groups and I joined them. And the rest is history. The rest is history indeed. You know, I... I liked how you said you kind of like sat back and reflect on, even though what your husband said, you kind of, you were upset about it, but then you kind of realized that it's not just about, you know, being, not being there for the kids or making that choice to be a home stay mom, but it's much more than that. So yeah. when, when you were thinking, what was that much more that, that hits you? that made you kind of like change your mind and decided to, to pick up again? So for me, at the age of 11, I knew I was going to be a doctor. You know, I grew up in a community in Boya in the southwest province part of Cameroon, and our neighbor was a gynecologist, late Dr. Abiaka. May he still rest in peace. You know, and so I was always attracted to people who were in medicine, and I always wanted to know you know, more about medicine. And when it was also time for me to be baptized as a Christian and confirmation, uh, Dr. Stella Anyangwe, she's now in South Africa, I chose her as my godmother. So, you know, looking back, I said, but why is it that I kept going towards this direction? Somehow I'm made for this profession. And so that's what kept me going to say, I haven't gone this far. You know, for me to turn back now and say, I can't do this. And my late mom may have so rest in peace. She was a nurse and she believed in me and she knew I was going to be a good doctor. And until she died, she was supporting me in medical school. So I said, no, I cannot let, let this dream die. I need to keep going. Somewhere out there, I'll be important to the community. I'll be there to save lives. I'll be there to give hope to people. So just that thought kept me going. Amazing. So, Dr. Yvonne, talk to me, you know, as an immigrant woman in Canada, I know that it wasn't a smooth ride being where you are today. Mm -hmm. So will you, will you like to share some of the, some of the experiences, you know, the, the speed bumps and the stop signs and the, <laughs> can, do you want to share some of those, those experiences? Yeah. What was your experience like going through the whole process? So, you know, you know, also the cultural shock. So I arrived and I was in Montreal and I had to do a rotation in French and mm. I go to the hospital. You know, the Cameroon French is not the same like the French, French, Quebec French. And so someone comes in saying, uh, j'ai mal au cœur. Cœur is the heart. 
So, but in Quebec, care is like j'ai mal au cœur means I'm I'm nauseous. So mm-hmm. yeah, my in my Cameroon thinking, j'ai mal au cœur. I go with my stethoscope and I'm doing a cardiac exam, and then I come back and I present to my preceptor, j'ai mal au cœur, and he's like, they all burst out laughing. You know, like really? So you just spend ten minutes doing a cardiac exam when this person is just nauseous, right? So that's one example. Another one was someone came with um, a piercing on the tongue. I was so scared that this guy was going to choke. So I rushed to my preceptor and I said, foreign body, foreign body, we need to try to get this out. You know, and, they, <laughs> and the patient kept sticking it up and down. And to me, I felt like, he's going to choke on this. So I didn't even take the history or anything. I ran back and I said, oh my goodness, we have to deal with this. So those are just some of the things. You know, or you go to the ward, you're trying to communicate with the patient, and sometimes they can't understand you. You know, it's almost like fresh off the boat syndrome. You know, you pronounce differently, and, you know, and but just those were just some of the challenges. And I tell you, it was not easy. But you know mm-hmm. what? You raise your head up high, you say, I'm here to stay. I am going to fight till the end. I am going to keep pushing. If mm-hmm. I fail, I will get up. I will go because I am made for more. So were there were there challenges when uh when you were going through the actual um schooling, the actual um education and everything? Mm-hmm. Were there were there some challenges? And if they were what what were these challenges? I mean, as an immigrant, That's you know, immigrant. in a completely okay. new environment, mm-hmm. different culture, yeah. a completely different educational system from the one mm-hmm. You you were coming from, or you've been used to your whole life prior to that time. So how did you navigate all of those challenges um, in the medical school? In the medical school, yeah. So I did my medical school in Saint Lucia West Indies. So when you come in, you are an international trained, and so for you to be able to get to the level of Canadian uh, medical students, you have to go through all those exams. So that's one of the first exams that I took. First, you have to send your documents to be recognized before you're being eligible to write the exam. You write the exam, you know, you fail or you pass. And it's not only about passing, it's also passing well, Hmm. right? And so once you get that, so when I applied for residency, that was the second time, we were about, we started at 5,000 applicants at that time. And then we got, went down to 1,000. And that year they had 40 spots. What are the odds, right? They had 40 spots for the whole of Alberta for international trained doctors. So you are competing with everyone else who has passed this exam. So you have to study extra hard. You have to be dedicated. You you know, sleepless nights. So those were all the pit bombs, you know. And the only way I went through it was the grace of God that was with me mm-hmm. because God found favor in me. Because I don't think there were other people out there who weren't as qualified as I was. They got found favor in me, and I also worked hard. And so, yeah, it's it's very challenging. And sometimes you can give up along the way because it's almost like you keep knocking this door. This door is closed. You move to another door. It's closed. You know, I applied at the University of Regina. I got declined. I applied to different schools. I didn't get in. But finally, when I it was the time, when the time was right, when I applied, I got accepted to interviews for four residency spots in Alberta 
and Calgary. In sorry, University of Alberta is Edmonton and Calgary. So, yeah. In in the middle of all of that, what were there times that or was there any time that you felt like this this thing is just too much for me? Um, oh, yeah. I'm just gonna let go. Like it's just too much. I didn't expect it to be like this. Oh, so many times, hmm. so many times. Even just that creating that time to study, right? You get yeah. exhausted, you get tired, and you feel like you're missing out on your kids' life, your family life, your husband, everything, mm. you know? But I always say, look at the North Star, you know? Look at the North Star. What, what's your goal? Where do you want to be? You know, mm. there's nobody who has succeeded by just staying there and giving up, Yeah, you know? I always look back at KFC, the story of KFC, you know, how, how at what age it got him to get the magic K KFC that we all enjoy, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's always like you're gonna try, you're gonna try, you're gonna try. Or Walt Disney, you know. I always look back at all their struggles and all their stories. So mm -hmm. you fall, you get up. Did did you have some kind of a support system? Yeah. To to help you, or how how was it? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier on, I found like a study group. Mm -hmm. I found like a study group. Yeah. In Calgary, and then in also in 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 Alberta or Calgary uh, as a whole, we have what we call Alberta International Medical Graduate Association, mm -hmm. and so I joined them. So we used to have like volunteers that would come and just give us classes, you know, to get us into the system. And then another thing that I do while waiting is I did a master's in public health from a Canadian university. So somehow mm -hmm. you have to look at something. You have to have an urge over some others mm. why would they choose you over others if you all, ha mm -hmm. all have the scores mm -hmm. so i did a master's in public health at lakehead university and after i was done with the master's i decided to do some volunteer work so i for every immigrant i'll tell you volunteer 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 it open doors for you because sometimes we have that mentality of oh they're not gonna pay me but i got bills to pay mm. but guess what volunteer work opens the door. I got a volunteer work at the Alberta Children's Hospital emergency. I was doing a study on gastroenteritis, which is like diarrhea and all mm -hmm. of that nausea and vomiting. So I, I, you know, from there, I just connected with the people doing the study. And I was just talking to someone one day and like, oh, so tell me more about you. I said, oh, I did a master's in public health, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, you know, would you consider being a research coordinator for a project we have? I was like, bingo. This is what I've been looking for. You know, sometimes you get like immigrant um, women, like in particular, who yeah. will share some experiences that they went through that were not very pleasant. Uh, someone said something or looked at them in a way or made something that made them feel like they didn't belong in that in that setting. Mm -hmm. 
right? So it, it, did you ever experience something like that? Oh, yes, during rotation. Sometimes they will ask the question, you know, like I mean, an example I can think is internal medicine, you know, which talks about the whole body and system. So they ask the question and you give the answer and it looks like everybody's freezing. Like, oh, so you know, right? It's almost like, so how, where did this come from? And I said, hey, listen, I went to medical school too. And there were times that I didn't know the answer, right? And I'll just freeze. And then you get this look of like, oh, you're dumb. Hmm. And I always I have to laugh at myself because I always look, you know, when I felt comfortable with my team, I'll look at them and say, sorry, I am from Africa. <laughs> and that just that just broke the ice, you know. Like that just broke the ice. And then sometimes they'll be like, "But yesterday you gave a you you gave the answer to the question." I'm like, "But today I'm from Africa, you know." So they just some <laughs> things that, <laughs> you know, just, you know. <laughs> oh, you know. And there was one other scenario. If talking about real challenges, where I had. A white patient, I was on call that day in the unit. And so he was having chest pain. So they called me to attend to him. And I went to this patient and he's like, what are you doing here? Call me the doctor. And I showed him my badge. I'm the resident doctor. I said, no, don't touch me. No, I don't want you. So I went to the nursing station and I was like, well, sorry. He said, he doesn't want me to touch him. You know, so I can't do otherwise. So I documented and there was no other person on call, right? So the nurses had to make do and try to see how they can support it. And I said, well, let me see if I can get somebody from another department to come help me because I don't want anything to happen to this patient. So I got someone. So I went now with this uh, other resident and this this patient looked at me and said, I'm sorry I treated you that way. So for mm. me, that was really heartwarming because I just felt like, oh, why am I even here? I'm mm. not wanted. It's almost like, Am I really a parasite? Do I have something in me that this person won't mm. let me examine them? And I'm going to mm. be wearing gloves anyway, right? So mm. there was just were the times that where you felt like, oh, wow. But then there were times that you felt appreciated. You know, everyone is different. Yes, we say there's racism, but it's not everyone. Yeah. You know, that, that, that way, right? Some people, maybe it was just a bad day for him, you know? I always look at the two sides of a story. Maybe it was just a bad day for him. Maybe that's not who he is. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, moving from one city to another, especially with as a family person, is challenging as it, it is. is. It is. And then moving from one country to another, I can only imagine... So how was that with you, your family, and your kids? How how did you how did you navigate the the whole emotional emotional roller coaster, the the everything that comes with moving into a new a new country and and stuff like that? Well, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? It's very challenging. You come, you you know, I arrived one winter. <laughs> November was one wintry fall slash wintry. For me, that was winter. It was cold, right? <laughs> and then you come here, you can't walk in your profession. You know, you're struggling. You know, first when I came, I didn't have any papers. So I was a, like a visitor. Then I had to see how I can change my papers, right? Mm -hmm. And then it takes 
time, then finally you get to start working. You do whatever you want to you have to do. You have to pay bills. Right? So luckily for me, I'm bilingual. So I worked in call centers in Montreal. So for telemarketing. So I was selling different products. Right? And, you know, with telemarketing, you have to meet up with the sales. Yes. So I just had to make <laughs> sure that when I know that I'm getting fired, I quit. So that was the goal. <laughs> so that was the goal. When you know that you're getting fired, because you start seeing them going to the bottom. <laughs> they don't tell you anything. They just come and they coach you. They say, try this strategy. Try this strategy. So one day you come a little late from work where you've just gone to another interview in preparation for being <laughs> You know, it's so, it's so funny <laughs> because I worked also in a call center as a collection officer. Oh, <laughs> that's one of, that's one of my, I would say my very first job, I, the first jobs I got in Canada. First, yeah. I, I worked at Tim Hortons, you know, mm -hmm. there, there was a Tim Hortons nearby my, where I lived. Um, yeah. And I, I was just walking past one day and I saw a, a sign there, help needed. And I walked right in. I'm like, gosh, I have a daughter. I have a daughter back home that needs to be taken care of. I have no uh -huh. time to be picking and choosing jobs here <laughs> in Canada. No that time will come. But for now, at this mm -hmm. entry level, anything goes. As long as it's legal, it's not mm -hmm. against my values. I will do it. Even if it means I'm going to clean the streets. So was that kind of like a mindset too, or you were picky and kind of like... Picky? <laughs> There's a saying in Cameroon that says the beggar has no choice, sister. Seriously, picking, you need some dollars. You know what I'm saying? like, bring it on. You know, just, I just need to, I have bills to pay. You know, I need to eat, right? No, I went from one, one, you know? I had a friend, we used to do that together. When I see her name coming down, my name coming down, we're like, tomorrow we'll call in, we'll come in a little bit late. We'll go to the next call center, hire, I'll go do the interview, come sit. And then by lunchtime, when we see our name is going down, we go for lunch and don't come back. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's, it's so amazing how we're laughing about these things, you know. But uh, that at that time, it was almost like, there were there were tears, right? Yeah. Those there were moments that I I believe it's it's exactly like you. But there, there were moments that I'll I'll be I'll be crying, yeah. right? I'm like yeah. this is not that is this this is not what I envisioned. This is not what I thought it was gonna look like. So mm -hmm. so how did how were your kids able to transition? as well what was it difficult for them or were they like kids you know kids they easily makes friends so how how was it yeah no they adjusted well you know the kids they're born in canada right oh they, okay yeah they born in canada the oldest came a little uh late born in cameroon so it was quite an adjustment for her but the other two they were born in canada so they adjusted mm -hmm. just fine right but man that's Ah, coming as an immigrant, right? I, I would say the best time I had was really working in a factory. Like, that was my, my highest paid job. My first Oh, job you did? I worked kids. in a factory, too. Yes. I was putting stickers at the back of plastic containers. That was 18. I was maybe paid $17 or 16 Then you're talking the late 90s, early 2000s. That was good money. But the issue yeah. was faster, faster. I had to be fast not to hold the queue. 
It's it's so amazing. You're such an inspiration. You know, you're such an inspiration. Look at you, like who 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 even tell who tell that you went through. You worked in a factory. You worked as a call center salesperson and all of that. But look at look at you today. Look at what this everything and and that is why sometimes I always say to people, mm-hmm. it's not about where you're coming from. It's not about where yeah. you started, how you started. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. where you headed. Exactly. It's all about where exactly. you headed. If you exactly. have a vision, you have your dream. Exactly. Sitting at home, hoping that that dream will fall on your lap. Mm-hmm. You are joking. Exactly. You have to yeah. start somewhere. Right? So, so a- a- yeah. imagine you now. I mean, you, you are... <laughs> The, the, the medical director, hello, like, hello, right? But, but look at how you, look at how your journey was. Look at how you started. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping that someone listening to us will be inspired. Someone who probably they just came and yeah. maybe coming from wherever they're coming, they were already somebody, something, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you hear immigrants said, I sold everything to come to Canada. Yeah. You know, I gave up everything and look at it. I don't even know, you know, but I always said to them, you are starting. There's always a start point. Exactly. Yeah. You are in a completely different country. You don't expect to, to move from here, from wherever you're coming from and then you land here. Some people do. But yes. in, in some cases, you have to like say to yourself, this is my new reality. I know where I'm headed to. Mm-hmm. I'm go- this is what is available for now. I'm going to do it. But then I still know where I'm going. Exactly. So how, how let did... Let me add to uh, that, Grace. Yes. Let me add to that, Grace. I tell people wherever you are, it, you're learning from it. I learned perseverance, patience. Mm-hmm working in the call center, because people will insult you. People will say Mm. all sorts of things to you. I learned teamwork working in a factory, because if you're not Mm. there, it slows down the queue, right? So it's so important. And when I was in the call center, there was, um, you know, all the training that they do in the call center, the customer service, I Mm. use it till today. I know when somebody is getting upset from my training from the call center, I know that I cannot raise my voice. I cannot be on that same level like them because they're going to clash. So I have to go tone, bring my tone of voice down. So wherever you are, you, you're learning. You might feel like you're suffering. You might feel like you're struggling, but it's preparing you for greater things to come. That's one advice. I want to throw it out there. Yeah. That's so amazing. It, it, it's kind of like refines your, your mannerism. The training. Yeah. I, I remember one time I was on uh, and I, I had I had called this this individual and it was a Friday mm-hmm. night and he answers mm-hmm. the phone and he said, what did you say your name is again? I mm-hmm. said, Grace. 
Say, girls, go get a life. I'm out <laughs> here. <laughs> he said, please, Grace, go and get a life. I'm out here with my girlfriend and my friends having fun on a Friday night. Are you a, what on a phone calling, asking for? I'm like, it was so fun. And I laughed about it. But as you rightly say, it teaches you patience. It, it teaches you teamwork. It teaches you, mm -hmm. it, it, it teaches you to create space for other people. Yeah. Right. Very important. Even the way you, even the way you, you talk to people, you, it's, it's a foundation. It, 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 it teaches is. us a lot, yeah. manners and all kinds of things. So I like that you, you throw that out. So how did all of this shape your perspectives on life and your goals and everything? You know, so all this, as I said earlier on, it prepared me for mm. who I am today. I have seen the bad days. I've seen where I barely had nothing. I've seen where you stand at the at the cash to to pay grocery with your fingers crossed and you're waiting for the sound of ching like that is gone through. Right? Mm. And then now you you're able to afford. So because of that, I know that there are still people out there that need the support. So if I'm able to reach out to support someone, I will reach out without even wasting time. Because you know what? I've been there. And I'm hoping that those who have gone through challenges and they finally find themselves in a comfortable way, you know, mm -hmm. to share with others. Whether you're sharing your own experiences. Because I don't want people to make go through the same struggles that I went through. I'm going to give mm. them all the tools. I'm going to give them all the support that they need. And that's why right Absolutely. now I mentor a lot of international trained doctors, you know, because mm. it's so important because I believe in mentorship. I, I had mentors along the way. And even now in my leadership role, I have mentors that I talk to, Absolutely. you know, because I just think it's important. We look at things differently. And somebody who has been somewhere before you, you know, we'll have more experience than you. They're able to guide you to say, okay, mm. well, this is the way I would address this situation. Absolutely. Right? So it's so important to have a mentor, whatever you do. Or a coach. Absolutely. Right? It's just so important to have one who will bring you back to your to reality and say, hey, you messed up. You know, pick up Absolutely. the pieces and keep going. Yeah. It, it's so amazing that you said that because one of my episodes... Uh, that I did, I spoke about mentor, coach, having a coach. And 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 the, the analogy I used was, imagine you're going to somewhere, you're going somewhere for the first time. You've never been there before. And then you get up, pack your bags, and you said, I'm just going to figure this whole thing out all by myself. You might eventually get there, but with so much suffering and struggle, and, and all those things and pain and waste of yeah. time, waste of money exactly. and all of those things. However, when you have someone who can guide you, who can hold your hand and say, this is the way, because I have walked this path before. So I can confidently mm -hmm. take you through this path. It's yeah. it's just amazing. You know, so it's amazing that you, you, you said that. So Dr. Yvonne, Imagine someone is listening to us, someone who probably they just moved. They just made a big move and they are like, oof, I didn't expect it to be this mm -hmm. difficult. I didn't, I didn't bargain for this. I didn't know. 
that this is how it's going to be like, what, what can you say to that person being someone who have gone through something like that? Yeah, I'll tell them to keep pride aside. Hmm. Sometimes people suffer because of pride. And hmm. the example I'll give is for me, I use the food bank. And I'm, I'm never ashamed to say I use the food bank. And I'll hmm. never be ashamed to say that. And so, because that resource is there. It's there for you, right? There are hmm. other organizations that can help you with clothing. They can help you. Uh, some, some like during Christmas time, they can give you like mm-hmm. a basket, a food basket, or give mm-hmm. basket. Sometimes it's money. Mm-hmm. Make use of all of that. Take advantage mm-hmm. of it because why struggle when you have those resources, right? So if That's I see so someone new who comes, I'm like, oh, have you heard about Value Village? Have you heard about Goodwill? Have you heard about this organization that can give you this and that at the food bank? I'm like, hey, keep pride aside. Take, make it, I know you, it's back home, we all believe in, or oh, it's only beggars that do things like that. Mm. But you know what? Every year you can be financially stable and something comes and rocks your boat mm. all to the ground. Why are you, what are you going to do? You lose mm. your job. You need mm. to eat. Right mm. aside and take advantage of those resources. At the end of the day, you're not competing with anyone else. You're then mm-hmm. taking care of you and your family. Hmm. Absolutely. You heard Dr. Yvonne, keep pride aside. I used the yeah. I used the food bank as well. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the food bank was so helpful to me to the point that I asked them if I could volunteer. <laughs> so as my way of giving back, because yeah. the food was so helpful. And I was so grateful that I had to approach the manager okay. and I, I asked, I said, Can I do you need a volunteer staff? Because I, and she was like, absolutely. And I volunteered it for months, right? So keep pride aside. Yes. Use this support system. We are in a country that there's a lot, a lot of support out there. Mm -hmm. We are in Canada. There's so much available for, for people, whether it's new immigrants, whether it's people who are going through just going through financial difficulties, there are all of these supports available, all of these resources. Take advantage of it. Oh, use exactly. it. Mm-hmm. Dr. Yvonne said, keep pride aside. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Yvonne, one, one last word. One, I'm not used to one word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one last sentence. <laughs> Better. One last sentence. Keep going. Hmm. Resilience is keep pushing you're gonna fall but get up get up and keep going and when you get to a position that you can you're able to provide for yourself and others or when you get to a position where you achieve your goals hold somebody else's hand and lift them up and show them the way show them the way what i see sometimes is people get to a certain position and they don't want others to get to where they are. They want them to struggle. Why? Why would you want someone to struggle when you've gone through that path? Please, let's put an end to that and let's support each other. There's enough out there for everyone. Thank you. Absolutely. There is enough out there for everyone. That was the amazing Dr. Yvonne Kangong. You know, put pride aside. There is help. You don't have to go through it by yourself. There is support. 
you can reach out to me, providenceguide.com. There are a lot of resources. Everything is available. If you are new in Canada or you just moved, you just made a big move with, by yourself, with your family, and things are rough, they don't really have to be. There is so much available. If you go online, you will see information. So reach out to the next person, talk to someone, because there will be someone there who has the information that you're looking for. Again, it's your girl, Grace Oben, and you can find me at providenceguide.com. Um, any day, anytime, have an amazing time. See you next week. Bye. Now, are you ready to make your dream a reality? Head to freegiftfromgraceoben.com and start your unique journey today. That is freegiftfromgraceoben.com. See you on the other side.